Corey. Yep. <laughs> Shaking my head at you, Corey. As you should. My mama told me when I was young, we're all on superstars. She rolled my hair with my lipstick on in a glass of her boudoir. Hi everybody, we're back this week. Uh, manga in your ears. I've got uh, Helen and Corey here as always. Otherwise known as the OG crew, not what Corey was doing behind our backs. <laughs> Mister, I can't record uh, last week. I was at, I'm going to be at Anime Expo. <laughs> I'm in here with Pirate Radio, doing what yep. I want to. <laughs> Uh, the song you just heard was um, Born This Way by Lady Gaga, so you can probably tell that uh, this week's episode will be LGBTQ-themed, um, and so, of course, as always, we have an old and a new series. Uh, today, first, we're going to talk about Girlfriends uh, by Milk Mori Naga, and it was put out in two omnibuses by Seven Seas. Uh, Girlfriends is sort of, uh, I guess you could say it's a classic Yuri manga. Um, it's basically about two high school girls, uh, one one girl named Mari and the other girl is named Akko, and they sort of start out as friends. Uh, Akko kind of befriends Mari. Mari's sort of the the quiet girl that doesn't have many friends. She's she's not disliked. She just doesn't have um, a ton of friends. And Akko is sort of the the bubbly one that has a lot of friends, but sort of takes an interest. Um, and Mari and starts to invite her out and uh, they hang out after class they go eat donuts they do each other's makeup etc etc and uh, over the course of the first volume or so uh, Mari sort of finds herself uh, developing more than just friendly feelings towards Akko and then uh, the latter half of the series um, and the two omnibus sort of focuses on how Mari deals with those feelings and um, how Akko responds to those, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I really like the series. I'd read maybe half of it a number of years ago, but this is the first time that I'd read through the whole thing, and I can definitely see um, why it's a classic. What did you all think? Yeah, I've actually had these two omnibuses and the one for um, Kisses, Size, and Cherry Blossoms Pink for a while. A friend was getting rid of some manga, and I said I'd take them, so he came up to me at a Barnes & Noble and was like, here are your lesbians. I'd only ever read um, Kisses, Size, and Cherry Blossoms Pink before I was reading it for a panel. So this is my first time reading through on Girlfriends, and I really liked it a lot. And I think it's funny that this is, like, one of the first Yuri titles Seven Seas put out. Like, this is one of the things where it's like, well, if people will buy this, you know, maybe we can expand our market, since Seven Seas is just putting out so much gay stuff these days. Mm. I feel like this is probably a pretty good title for them to start with, since, you know, it's kind of... It starts off as, oh, cute girls doing cute things. And then by the end, they're like, yep, that was sex. Yeah, Yeah, Corey, I didn't know if you got a chance to look at it at all. or. Uh, No, the most exposure I've had to it is Helen's story about receiving lesbians. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I ended up uh, being too busy with Anime Expo uh, panel preparation. And and doing... Pirate podcast. Yeah, pirate podcast and also procrastination. Uh, that I just didn't get around to reading it. 
Well, you definitely, um, you definitely miss a good one. I, I think uh, one of the strengths of this one is that they feel like genuine friends. Like they, uh, Akko kind of expands uh, the things that the things that Mari does outside of school. It's like she doesn't do a whole bunch. It's not like she's unhappy. She just hasn't done a lot. And Akko sort of brings her into her friend circle and they go out and do various things and it when Mari does eventually develop feelings for her it it feels natural like this is somebody that's kind of cool and we do different things and I get to explore different parts of myself or things that I like to do so the romantic aspect feels a little more organic instead of uh, forced like you might see in other romances etc. Yeah, I was a little surprised that Mari was the one who'd felt feelings first, since I thought at the beginning, I thought Akko was hitting on her from the beginning. So I wonder how much of it is supposed to be, oh, Akko really did develop feelings later, and how much of it should be, Akko was in denying, uh, denial that she'd had feelings for Mari all along since she first saw her in the classroom. Oh, that's true. I hadn't actually thought about that, because it does, the second omnibus focuses more, a little more on Akko than it did in the first, and she does say that, you know, she'd wanted to talk to her, and et cetera, et cetera, and I hadn't actually thought about that till now. Maybe she was interested in her, and but didn't, re- like you said, didn't really realize it at the time, but there, it still has some of the some of the tropes that we're used to where I, towards the end of the first omnibus or maybe a little bit after that, you're like, okay, they like one of them has confessed. It looks like it's going to work. And then it's like, but they're not actually dating and now they're confused. So then they go back and forth and they don't talk to each other. Then they do. And I'm like, why is this happening? Why don't they just talk to each other? It's, it's really simple. And things that happen that seem fairly obvious, like, okay, they're a couple now. And it's like, no, we're not. We've still got to, you know, go back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. So there's still some of the stuff that we're used to seeing, but uh, overall, I just, I thought it was really cute. Like, I know logically a lot of that probably was put in there for the drama and, you know, Mm. drawing out anticipation for the series, but it really reminds me of a post I saw on Tumblr where someone was like, hey, I like this girl a lot and I kind of want to date her, but I'm not sure. I'm over at her house right now cooking dinner. And her Tumblr was like, you're at her house cooking dinner, what? And then the person post later is like, okay, update. She came over and kissed me while we're cooking and I asked for dating. And she thought we were on our fifth date by now. So. <laughs> I, I saw that. Yes, that, that feels true to this as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I got the impression that's a stereotype for lesbians, like lesbians not sure if they're dating or not. I'm, <laughs> so I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely um, some of that in here, but I think, I don't want to say it's u- unique because there are probably other series that I'm just not aware of, but it it follows the characters a little bit longer than I expected. The series is only five volumes total, but it doesn't necessarily end uh, when the romance comes in. So I, I thought that part of it was interesting, and I figured it was something that you appreciated, Helen. Yeah, and I was actually thinking... Um in the world of YA books, there's been a discussion for a couple of years now about how we need more stories that aren't just about coming out, but, you know, what happens after you come out, you know, the rest of life. And I was thinking that um, girlfriends seem to straddle that line, since a very large part of the story is Mari and Akko discovering their feelings for each other, accepting that they have sexual feelings for each other, and then going beyond that. And I was thinking, this kind of... Mm, it was easy for me to tell, oh, this is a slightly older series since it's a little more concerned with the two girls figuring out what they're going to do together rather than actually dating. Since mm-hmm. once the two of them get everything squared away and, you know, start dating, you know, 
for real, you know, they both are on the same page. There's not much left in the story after that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to compare that with, like, the Kaisei-san series, where there was a little OVA made about it recently, but the director actually adapted from the second volume, since he was more interested in what would happen once the two girls did start going out. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to just go with, you know, oh, should they or shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting, that it reminded me of some changing, not attitudes and not trends, but, like, we've gone through one phase, and it's like, okay, Yuri is accepted enough that people can start telling even more stories beyond just this one idea. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you there. Um, another thing I thought was interesting um, were their friends. Not that they were, like, huge characters within the story. And, of course, now I've forgotten her name. But uh, there was the one friend that sort of seemed to know all along or after a certain point. That, that Yeah, that something was going on between them. Um, and she seemed like she was supportive the entire time. It was sort of like, why haven't these two people gotten together? <laughs> so I, I think I she was a little her. nervous. But once she was able to see they were on the same page, she was fine. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, like their fourth friend, um, Tama, doesn't seem to have figured it out. She's just thinking to herself, like, how is this girl not noticed? Yeah, I thought that, I thought that that was cute. Yeah, but it was nice to sort of see uh, the supportive friend and uh, sort of appreciated stuff like uh, them sort of trying to figure out their relationship, but also like, what will this look like in the future? How will it affect uh, our relationship with our parents? All of that. I appreciated that about girlfriends. I kind of didn't expect all that when I first started reading it. I figured it would just be um, up until the point where they kind of got together, and then that's nice. Um, but it, there were a few things that I was surprised that it touched on in terms of uh, uh, having a having a relationship like that. I was surprised that it touched on uh, some other topics. I actually thought more of the girls might be dating since I've been reading a lot of A Kiss in White Lily for My Dearest Girl, um, and with like. It's also set in an all-girls school, and basically everyone is dating each other. So when I saw girlfriends, I was like, oh, this means more than one couple. I but, kind of thought the same thing as well. I was like, huh, I kind of thought there would be more than one couple in this. That's funny, because I thought the same thing. Also because gay people tend to accidentally flock together, so. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I saw someone saying recently on Twitter, like, if you have just one gay character, then they are a token character, because for some reason you put this poor character out there of other community. Actually, on that note, um, to what you were saying before, have you read Kisses Size and Cherry Blossoms Pink? I have it. I've had that omnibus for a while now. I don't, I maybe have read a piece of it. And actually, after I finished uh, Girlfriends, I went and pulled it off my shelf. So I do plan to read that within the next uh, week or so. But no, I haven't. Have you? Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of a little relevant since I think it's billed as a prequel, but I don't think any of the characters overlap. But I remember when I was reading it, like, the characters were really seriously talking about, you know, what they wanted to do in a relationship later, or why does one character have to be the man and one character have to be the woman in the relationship? Why can't they both just be girls? They don't have to follow this idea of one be the housewife and one be the breadwinner. And I was really surprised at how much it was actually tackling a conversation like that, which, when I read it, um, probably around 2015 or so, was definitely one I was seeing reflected around communities being like, you know... Why should a homosexual relationship look like a heterosexual relationship necessarily? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said before, these are these are uh, older series, as I as I make air quotes. So it is. Yeah, kind of it's, it's like early two thousands. It's older. Yeah, <laughs> some of the stuff that it touched on even uh, back then are, are conversations that I think uh, the community is still having, or or even come more to the having. forefront. <laughs> Right, and has been having. So it's it's interesting that uh, uh, 
uh, that was reflected even back then in manga and stuff. So yeah, and I haven't read anything else by Milko. Uh, although I know she's put out a number of things that have been published in English, although a lot of them look a lot sillier, like Gakuin Pulezi, which I think it is, is like two it undercover is very silly. <laughs> it's that's a that's a silly one. I think this is the better of those two series. Uh, yeah, that's a silly one. Um, I don't know how many more she has. I know she has a handful that Seventies has put out, but I do have uh, Gawain Polizzi laying around here somewhere, and it's it's a bit goofier. So, but this is this is definitely um, a classic one. Uh, as Which far as this is like super serious or anything, it's just no, not no. that level of silliness. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't involve uh, police. So <laughs> undercover police in high school. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We should maybe talk about that series sometime. Uh, but uh, to wrap this one up, I don't know if you have any final thoughts or whether you would recommend it to people. Or I think I would. I can't think of anything especially problematic in it. Um, I mean, there are like some boobs, and like I said, they're they're very definitely having sex at one point. So <laughs> probably not. If you're under sixteen, you probably should avert thine eyes and just eat like a year. <laughs> I would definitely uh, recommend this to people. I think I pretty much agree uh, with what Helen said. There are some adult themes, but I don't think they're particularly uh, gratuitous or anything like that. It's sort of you ex- uh, within the context of the story, you expect it and all of that. Um, other than that, it's just sort of about people figuring out who they are. Um, so I would I would definitely uh, recommend it to folks. And like I said before, I think. Um, that it is a classic for a reason, which is why Corey needs to read it at some point. Yeah, Corey! <laughs> uh, I mean, I was convinced to read it just based on uh, your your recommendation before we started this. Uh, but now hearing you both talk about it, uh, this is probably something that I'll want to read uh, more urgently. Yeah, I would pick this up before some of her other series, even the... Um, omnibus that Helen was referring to, I think I would still pick this up first. I mean, if this is the only series that you read of hers, you're still, you, it's still uh, a good one to pick up. So. Yeah, I don't know why my friend wanted to give up his lesbians, but I will happily <laughs> accept them into my own bookshelf. <laughs> so there you go. That, that's a, as good of a recommendation as anything else. Um, but that wraps us up for Girlfriends, so we will be back here shortly for our second series. Because he made you perfect Welcome back, everyone. And for our second title, we are once again focusing on a Seven Seas title because, again, they put out a lot of the gay manga in English. This one is The Bride Was a Boy by Chi. Chi is the only name given to this artist um, who, as the name suggests, is a now a wife but was born male. And so a quick note on pronouns first. Uh, in the U.S., if you're talking about someone who's transgendered, who is transgender, um, you would refer to them by their chosen pronouns no matter what part of their life you're talking about. The idea is that even though they may have presented one way, they were their gender all along. 
But it appears in Japan that um, a slightly different approach is taken, which is why Chi refers to herself as a boy, as a child, up until her transition. So I, I know a couple of people have been a little concerned by this title, but The Bride Was a Boy is the title she chose. She's happy with it. So, And if anyone's listening to all this and thinking, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't read this book. I don't know that much about transgender issues. Don't worry. This book is actually a really good explainer of general trans issues and even some really specific to Japan. Here's how being transgendered in Japan works, um, which I found very informative in the back of the book. Particularly, they had some stuff about like family registries that I found very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd heard some of the things that you had to do um, to be legally registered as the opposite gender in Japan, but it was nice to actually see it all laid out here. And all of that is interspersed between these little short four-comic strips where she explains, yeah, so, you know, I was born as a boy, and I grew up, and I kind of thought I was gay since I liked men, but, you know, really what I wanted to be was I wanted to be a woman who liked men. And so it talks about their life and how they went through and how they started presenting as female in college, where they met um, a guy who was like, oh, man, she's so cute. I need to hook up her now. Someone else is going to take her, who became her boyfriend, who then became her husband later on. And so it just talks through the whole process, and it's a really sweet little story. There's no hidden gotchas. Her family seems to be very accepting of her coming out as trans. Um, her husband is just completely down to fate. He's like, you're cute. I love you. I, I, this doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I will support you when you go to get your surgery and all that. And so it's a really nice little memoir to read. It's complete in one volume. And so if anyone was reading like my lesbian experience of loneliness or my solo exchange diary and thinking, wow, this is a really hard and heavy memoir i need something fluffier to read this is what you should pair it with i think yeah i expected like based on my lesbian experience with loneliness i uh perhaps erroneously or or wrongly expected that this would be kind of in a similar tone uh but it was not at all like they're drawn in a chibi style uh it's pretty fun and funny throughout the the whole book and, uh, yeah, like, the thing that I think struck me the most was how informative it was about, uh, trans issues and stuff like that. Like, as a, an entire explainer of the difference between gender identity disorder and transgender, I don't quite know how to describe it because I don't have the book in front of me and I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I read that part a little earlier as well. I, like, read this in two chunks, so I'm not going to go into explaining it, so just look at the book yeah, there. yeah. But doesn't have I also thought it was about like those kind of differences. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting that she's like referencing like the DSM, I think it is, um, mm. which is an American book, which I'm not too fond of since it still lists asexuality as a disorder. So it was actually even listing stuff like that in there. I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting since she seems very aware that um, some parts of her audience would be more familiar with how things go down in the West. Like, I wonder. Um, if she ever wanted this to be spread around in English, just since so much of it was like, okay, yeah, you know, here's how it is, you know, in like the West, you know, primarily the U.S., and here it is how it is in Japan. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, like, like the both of you all have said, um, I wasn't quite sure uh, what to expect with this. I sort of picked it up because we were going to podcast about it, and it looked <laughs> cute. Um, but it was, uh, it was pretty informative and I don't know if um, coming off of my solo exchange diary which made me very emotional has just made me more emotional about uh, 
LGBTQ manga series in general, but this one got me too. I think it was just the process of her um, becoming herself. Like I just, I think a lot of people can relate to that, but I think particularly if you identify as part of the community, those kind of stories always resonate with you. So even though um, I'm not trans, I, I it just that whole process of telling your family and figuring out how you sort of fit in. And there's a particular one of the chapters where I think she said she, when she finally sort of had heard the term and thought maybe that might be how she identifies, she started to Google and she's like, well, I don't really fit in with these people and I don't feel like these people. So where do I fit in? And I think that's, that's very common uh, when you sort of have the, the idea that I think I might, uh, identify this way but then you go out into the community you're kind of like oh god I don't look or feel quite like everybody else will do I really fit so um, there are definitely uh, certain aspects of this book that I was um, really able to relate to and then like you all said it's it's really informative I, I, I sort of think uh, that was part of the purpose of writing the book just because it's there's so much information um, in such a small book really and I was really happy that this was such a lighthearted series since we all have trans friends where their, you know, coming out hasn't gone so well. Like, I think we all know a couple of folks, you know, where it's like some parts of their family are accepting, some parts aren't. So there's definitely like a real worry whenever I see even fictional trans characters. I'm like, oh, no, is it going to go OK for them? So it's nice to see that here. And I also thought it was interesting that um, maybe it's because I'm part of the queer community Um but she's talking at her wedding and they're like thinking, you know, deciding who they should invite. And she's like, well, you know, if, if we put any of my pictures up on the screen, you know, people are going to see that I was a boy before. In some ways, mm-hmm. she is trying to keep it quiet that she is trans, which is totally her choice. But I was thinking, I feel like in the queer community in the U.S., you're much more not exactly vocal that you're trans, but it's sort of like acknowledged. Although it might be because I feel like a lot of trans people probably marry other queer people in the community. So that's probably how a lot of them meet. That was another thing here. She like mentions at one point having a gay friend at one point, but like nobody else. And I'm like, oh, honey, please tell me about a community as well. Please tell me about sport. Yeah, the Internet uh, from from where I could garner from uh. what she said in the manga. Uh, mm-hmm. But yes, hopefully she had actual people as well. Oh, and you were talking about. Um, her looking at some things and going, well, I sort of fit this, but I don't fit this. That mm. sounds so much like what I've seen other trans people say on Twitter. Or like I saw someone say at one point, look, if you have anxiety over the fact that you're that you think you're trans, but you might not be trans, you're trans. And I was like, yeah, that's actually like that sounds like a very kind of specific anxiety you'd only have if you're in a specific situation. Yeah. So like some of the things she was going through are just very universal, I think, even if she's in a different country than most people who are listening to this podcast who might pick up the book are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say if, like, if, if you're worried about uh, perception, like outward perceptions of people around her, uh, then probably don't be, because every story that she depicts in here is like very accepting of her being trans. Like She came out to parents, and they're just like, all right, cool, basically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one wonders if they might have been expecting this since they had thought for years that she was gay since she was bringing home other boys as a boy. Yeah. So, uh, so I kind of wonder if her mother might have actually expected this. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the same thing. But I was definitely like holding my breath at that part. I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Here it comes. And then there's 
um, her there's her dad, which I was like, oh my god, here it comes, and it like it never came. Um, it's I guess it's a little sad that uh, uh, I held my breath through that part, and I also think a lot of us do. But it was like, oh no, <laughs> this can't go well. There's no way. But it um, it it seems like it it went okay. And then um, Helen was talking um, a little bit about the wedding, and I, it's just a part that stuck out to me. Were I think it were her nephews and that she was concerned that they would say something about uh, her her previously being a boy or that that would somehow come up and that it didn't uh, I just thought that was an interesting little piece that stuck out to me yeah what stuck out to me from the wedding is that she and her dad are sitting in the back you know waiting for her to walk down the aisle and she's saying to him oh I bet you didn't expect that you'd ever have to walk someone else down the aisle since she has an older brother and an older sister mm-hmm. and he just looks at her like huh and she's like oh he's already sort of even forgotten that I ever was his son mm-hmm. and I think there's a little note in there about how they didn't quite see eye to eye growing up but ever since she's come out as his daughter it felt like that it in some ways made the relationship a little better. And I was like, aww. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's another, uh, like, one of my other favorite moments in in the manga was, like, when they're just talking about meeting uh, the husband's parents because the husband's parents don't know that she was ever trans and the husband's just like, well, why would I bring it up to them now? Why does it matter Mm -hmm. now? Yeah, I got the impression he was a little worried about how it might go, so that's they're partially avoiding it. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's also a thought, you know, just it doesn't matter. And I've seen one or two of my trans friends say that maybe someday I won't even be referring to myself as trans anymore. I'll just be thinking of myself as male, as female, because in some ways I'll be done transitioning. Mm-hmm. I, I've only seen like one or two people say that. I don't know if that's like a view that's debated in the trans community. I mean, probably since people debate everything. <laughs> but, but I was thinking that sort of seemed to be along those lines as well. Like she's gone through surgeries, she's gone through therapy, so she's done everything to actually get her birth marker changed in Japan. So maybe she considers herself done. And there was, um, in some of the explainer bits, there was a bit of a sad bit explaining that since Japan, at the time of the writing, doesn't allow same-sex marriages, and I think they're only allowed in a couple areas here, about how like some couples actually have to get divorced so that one person can legally transition and change their gender identity. So, like, even though people still love each other, they have to get legally divorced for it to happen. And I was like, what is this bullshit? Yeah, Yeah, that was was a bummer. Yeah, that one was a bummer. But, yeah, I don't think we'll talk too much about, like, the explanatory essay she put in there, since it's better just to read those than to have three cis people try to remember what they said. But they were really, they were really, I want to say useful, except it's not quite applicable to my own life. But they were really interesting to read and really clarifying. Like, I thought I'd heard before, but yes, in Japan, if you want to undergo, like, a gender change and be married, like, you have to prove that you are not infertile, but that you've had enough changes that you can't actually have biologically have children, which I think is also really sad. The book is very upbeat in many ways, but she definitely acknowledges in a lot of ways there are tons of problems with the system, and I hope that the people are able to work it out. Yeah, that that actually made me recall my thought because I'd heard this before or read about it um, in various books or whatever. She talks a little bit about uh, the therapy requirement. And I know that I've heard about that here, um, but that at, at one point they like ran out of things to talk about. But she had to keep going as a part of, I guess, uh, the transition 
process, but I, I think if I remember correctly, she does mention how there are these various gates and obviously how you need a, a, a doctor's note and all of that. And it just seems like um, there are various gatekeepers to that. And that, that seems like that's a lot. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. And for the therapy, it was like legally she had to, mm. I still see like, I think, see her therapist again like a year later in a follow-up or something but like at this point yeah (laughs) but at the point it's like you know life's going fine you know this is not one of my problems in life yeah (laughs) it's kind of like if you ever go to a therapist and they ask you how your love life is and if you're me you have to be like oh i'm asexual but that has nothing to do with why i'm here today (laughs) i'm happy about this part but let me be the first asexual client from my therapist and explain it all Mm. it's happened twice (laughs) yeah so there's definitely um a bunch of tidbits like that but then like y'all said it also s- somehow re- remains mostly upbeat so um i i enjoyed it i i don't know i feel like um 10 years ago we wouldn't have seen a series like this so not, i don't think so yeah <laughs> how far we've come and how <laughs> far we've also jumped back and other stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's a super cute series and yeah. I think the little four comic on the back of the book you know explains it perfectly where she's saying I was born to this world as a boy and went to school as a boy and entered society as a boy I was raised as a boy I grew up as a boy and then I became a bride <laughs> <laughs> her husband being like that, that, is, that, that that's, that's too simplified <laughs> yep that's basically it but I feel like that that's a good tone setter for the book this is what you're going to get you're going to get a story that has some hardships in it, but it's pretty cute and it's pretty upbeat. I imagine it's probably a little easier to be upbeat if she'd already gone through the entire process, which is the impression I got. I got the impression she'd already gone through the whole process by the time she started making this. But let's have happy books. Let's not just have sad books about being queer. Let's have happy books about being queer, too. Please. Please. (laughs) I think those are my final thoughts on this book. Do you guys have any more thoughts you want to end with? Like I said before, it's uh, ten years ago. I don't think uh, that we would have seen this book in English. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the the moment of time that we're in culturally and all of that. Um, but it's it's interesting to see this, and I can't help but think of people that um, were the age that I was at when I first started reading manga and picking this up and. Um, I was maybe 12, 13, um, and just seeing these things when they're younger, um, because like I said, 10 years ago, we wouldn't have seen this. So it's always good to see, um, sort of a beat, a beat representation. It is nice. Um, and it's, uh, you know, we talked about girlfriends earlier and it's just sort of nice to see the representation across the community, um, in manga in English. So those are my final thoughts. Do you want to take us out then, Corey? Oh. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, I agree with what everybody else said. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't really have any final thoughts. I thought this manga was really cute. I, I don't know. I didn't like really look into what it was going to be about, but like, the, yeah, the title is relatively self-explanatory, and that back that back comic that I found out existed when Helen said that it existed. Corey. Uh, <laughs> Do you not look at the backs of your manga volumes? Not really. Yeah, I totally kind of stopped doing that as well. <laughs> I don't it's a quick I... way to look up all the characters' names before you start the podcast. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier than Wikipediaing it, which is what we usually do. <laughs> Guys. 
Well, with that, then, if you want to continue to hear us in the future, um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. The handle for this podcast is at Manga Your Ears. And the three of us also have Twitters that we're on varying amounts, especially given how depressing Twitter is of late. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer, and you can also find me writing for the OESG most weeks anyway. And you can also find me on the podcast over there. I can't believe it's not my <laughs> I can't believe the OESG podcast is not popular or it's not my fault the OESG podcast is not popular. Don't even Someday I might remember our actual title. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. And I know Corey has another podcast as well. Corey. Yep. Uh, I have another podcast called the Taiku Podcast, which is where all these episodes are also held, housed uh, at TaikuPodcast.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at CompassionateK, and uh, I think I was going to say something else, but now I forgot. Oh, well. <laughs> you can... Uh, I'm, I'm probably the person with varying amounts of time on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MangioRen. Twitter can be uh, very depressing. But I'm still there. <laughs> Don't let my uh, lack of tweets uh, convince you that I'm not lurking there. So you can follow me there if you would like. Yeah, we keep sending her back there to look at the cute cat pictures, at least. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never completely give up Twitter. I don't think you all are still there. So <laughs> it's not like we don't have a private group chat just for sharing photos of cats or anything. <laughs> nah, not at all. No. Oh, uh, and with review and rate us and iTunes and junk. That was, that's what I was gonna say. Ah, uh, yes, please. <laughs> And with that, we will see you guys in about two weeks, where guess what? It's going to be even gayer. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.